0: Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered.
1: Okay, and welcome back to the Business Unfiltered podcast. Today's topic is going to be remote versus in-person employees. We're going to be talking about some pros and cons of each. And I'm particularly excited to talk about this one because I just wrapped up my first in-person W2 employee meetings uh, just earlier this week. And so it's something that's really fresh in my mind. And I have a pretty good uh, thoughts and some opinions on this thing and, and what the format is. And so I'm excited to be joined by Mercer on this one. And we're going to be talking about this topic. So we're going to start out by um, defining the topic. So Mercer, I'm going to hand it over to you. What, what would you define as like remote versus
0: in-person employees and what we're going to talk about today. Great question, Jeff. Uh, So I think for me, remote is about somebody who is not in an office, like not physically in an office. So AKA distributed teams, right? That's how I see remote as that. In person, I see as somebody who's physically there. Like that's sort of how I see these potential, these two different things. Now in my own company, we are hundred percent distributed, um, but we still think about it in two different ways. We have contractors, which are kind of like the, you know, around the world or part-time or whatever, Pinch hitters where necessary on certain things, and then we do have our W two in team, you know, on the team employees here in the states where they are still distributed but full time. Um, So we sort of have those two breakdowns within that. If that if that makes sense, how do how do you define it? Yeah, I think I have a pretty similar
1: thought on it. There's remote is is where you work, right? It's whether your company has an office or not. Our, my company does not have an office. It's a home office. Um, most anybody that works with me is is generally either in a co-working space or at home or in, you know, in a remote setting. And then there's, yeah, there's a difference between, you know, there, there's also the element of geography. Are they in another country? Are they in the same country? There's a lot of things going on with that as well. That, um, that, that in- involves things like how you pay them, tax them, local rules and local laws. And so there's a lot of that versus in-person, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm, like I said, I'm forming an opinion. I have a coworker who is an, an employee who lives in the same city as me. So is that similar to in person? Do you need to have an office or not? What are those things? So I think that actually a lot of this episode is going to be defining and just sort of reacting to what's happened to us, what our experiences are in these areas. So I'm pretty excited to go through that. And so I'll, I'll kick us off and, and just sort of think about some strategies and just just set the tone with some strategies around how this might work. So I think this also, and the strategies depend on the phase that your business is in. You mentioned contractors and your definition. And one of the strategies of hiring contractors, it's, you said it's, I think it's bit players maybe is what you said. I, I can't remember the exact word you used, but it's basically people who need to f- complete certain tasks. Now the the strategy of having a contractor versus an employee in the first place is that you can have them do specific tasks, you can pay them by the task or by the hour as opposed to full-time or part-time. So it's a lot more loose. If you don't have if you want expense control, you can really control for those expenses a lot easier by using contractors versus an employee. Employees have a certain level of commitment, there's employment laws and so on. Contractor laws are a lot more loose, a lot more fluid. You can work with people in other countries without creating as much tax burden and, and administrative burden. And so the strategy here, yeah, it really comes down to the phase your company's at. I think it's early on using subcontractors is the only way you can really bootstrap a business. Um, eventually, though, you find that there's not a lot of permanence behind that. And you start wanting to switch to how do I build out the permanent team? How do I build out something that's gonna you know last without me and that's when you start going to employees and so um that that's really where I look at the strategy is contractors fill gaps employees push the company forward that's that's my my thoughts on the strategy how about you what what, what the strategy do you look at it that way or a little bit differently
0: yeah I think it makes a lot of sense like for me the remote stuff is is it's flexibility right it's kind of the word with that it's it's when I need somebody to get something done that might be uh, new project, but I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing it as a recurring thing, right? Like you can bring in a contractor, get them to help you out with this one thing, prove concept, maybe eventually you can raise our hours and have them take over, you know, s- some other uh, more important tasks as that thing becomes more permanent. Um, So, but that is how we look at it. Like remotes, remotes, flexible, um, distributed, I think is slightly different for me where it's like distributed teams are full-time teams. They just, their office to your point is the house. Like that's how it's built. Right. So there is no physical office to go into, um, so I don't, I don't look at, uh, at our, rem- at our remotes the same way as I do distributed. if that makes sense. Like yep. d- remote is like, you know, like a pinch hitter sort of coming in off the bench to help out with a certain thing. Uh, and that's great. And and we have some remote that do really well, you know, uh, money-wise, because they're, they're helping us out on these certain things. Distributed is like that next level where. It's their, you know, full-time working with us. They're helping out as part of the team, especially the, you know, the, the, in our U.S. side, right? This distributed team is they're all W-2s, but we did notice as we grew as an organization, this can come back to the, bring it to the strategy side of things. When we grew, we, when we started moving from a person to help us with a tactical thing and we started moving into, Hey, you're going to be dedicated to fill this role. And your role requires some strategy, some thought, some buy-in, some of your co-creation, right, to, to build the organization, the department, the role, whatever it was they were being hired for. We saw a definite difference in um, almost like the ROI of the dollar spent, right? So, like, we would go to the remote is flexible, remote is contract, but remote doesn't give you the that passion, the energy of what a in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, you are not going to get the passion and energy that you get from a full time focused you know, employee who's sitting next to you. So how, how did we get that? And that's where we moved to distributed, you know, in the U S full-time W2s where we do like the employee perks and 401k company matching and all that fun stuff. But it also get in exchange for all of that, you get a more focused, um, person in that seat who can co-create who thinks about the business over the weekends who wants to make things better right not that not that we want people working 80 hours a week it's not the that's not the point but that idea of like hey i had an idea to make things better and as an entrepreneur there is no better feeling in the world at least from my perspective no better feeling in the world than somebody else saying hey i just i thought about this company without you having to think about the company, right? I came up with a new idea that you didn't come up with that's actually probably better than what I would have thought about. Like, I love those moments. And I think it's hard to get those if you build your entire company to be more remote, focused at least from a a cultural standpoint and this is where i would say like kind of handing it back to you a little bit in the strategy of of how you think about how you manage these teams for the performance because on one hand i'm thinking like hey does it really matter where you work no not really however that mindset that you have toward the person does matter because you're going to manage them differently some people are just going to be there to you know back in the old days of hooking up SEO, leaving comments on blogs or whatever, right? Like that's all they do, but they have no idea why they're doing that or how it fits in or how to make it better or how to improve F- SEO for your site overall. They don't care. They're just putting in links and in, in comments, right? So it's like you have that sort of management. Then you've got more of the, okay, let's manage this other uh, person and this other seat in a slightly different way that we get more from that role right? Because we've got more control, more connection, you know, to your point, right? They're, they're invested in a little bit more. So how do you look at those? Are you, are you managing them differently?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's something that took me a, a little bit longer to realize, and I, I probably should admit, but it's, it, you, you touched on it and that is the, the weekend thoughts, the, the permanence of the role, because when, when it's a role, the role is permanent. The per, people are temporary or can be looked at as temporary, both on the, the person side and on the company side. It's like, Sometimes people come and go, but the role, it's there. We, we believe so much in this role that we can put a job description. We can put compensation behind it. We put our money where our mouth is, the dollars behind it. And so that's really important. And then the permanence of knowing that we have this role and that we hired you for it, it gives people the, the thought, oh, this is going to last. This is something mm-hmm. that I do want to invest in. I want to have investment in doing this. And I wanna have investment in growth because there's opportunity. I see where the company's going. I see they have a, a vision that I'm aligned with. There's just so much that benefit that comes from that level of permanence that, you know, while I was digital nomading for four years, I I sort of stuck to contractors because I didn't really want to deal with the a lot of the the problems of it, but it ended mm-hmm. up creating its own set of problems by not giving that level of permanence to the team. And so now it's definitely been working great now that i have done that and it's actually only been in the last year that i've hired w-2s that weren't that didn't have the last name sour on in the company um and it's made made a world of difference and not only that but like i had mentioned earlier we we just finished our first on-site in-person two days intensive working together and that was insanely helpful and useful and and the reason why was because in a zoom call like in a in a you, you know in a remote environment, purely remote, you might talk via Zoom calls, but you might not even see the person. Um, when it's a team, when it's a distributed team, you might do Zoom calls and have something, but you don't have a whiteboard. You can just go look at it and see people develop stuff. It's harder to l- solicit opinions to see who's, who wants to talk. It's just so much harder to get your voice in and your edge in when you have those connections, but you can't fake that in person. And so I see a ton of I just got so much energy out of the in-person piece that I'm uh, that I think that distributed is important, but I think that having the actual in-person in addition to it is undeniable. Now the question becomes: Do you want to have? Like, I know a lot of people are in the same geography as you, so maybe distributed uh, means that they come into the office once a week, or or you do a meeting at a coffee shop once every two weeks. With the people who are located in the same area as me, we we meet in person a couple times, you know, fairly often, and it works out really well. Um, for people who are fur- have to come further, I think quarterly or even twice a year is the right amount of time to get people together. And then, there, you know, there's actually, do you get everybody together or do you just get the, you know, do you only get employees? Do you only get, con- do you get contractors in there? I'd be curious as to, as to like, how often do you get your team together then if you are distributed, how often do you do the in-person piece of it?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us, like, so we've got, um, team members that are in the Philippines, in Canada, in Australia, and then in Texas, right? And the Texas obviously being the W2s and they're, they're in the same rough area in Texas. It's a big state. So we have like, you know, within about an hour and a half of each other is where everybody is. Um, what we do. So one of them that is close by, who's like, you know, 15, 20 minutes away, we get together on a weekly basis. So he's our marketing director and we'll, we'll sort of talk about high level marketing stuff at least once a week, just for brainstorming, right? We have a, we meet off site. We have a couple hours. We get together and just talk about concepts. Like that's how we manage that. And that's been good because it gives him a chance to be a little more creative and play around with stuff and just make sure like, you know, we've, we st- I still have hands on that marketing department a little bit, see so kind of how things are working, or or whether or not, and if I need to jump in. Um, then there is the remote, where um, sorry, with the the distributed, and that's where I would bring in, um, so, you know, the person who's in with one of the brands, Measurement IO. She's our uh, director of measurement there, where she's an hour and a half, almost two hours away, so she can't come in each week. It's that doesn't make sense for her. Um, however, we do get together quarterly to your point. So where we have the four of us that are here in Texas, we all get together quarterly and we sort of have that leadership meeting, we call it where these are the team leaders. These are the ones managing the apartments at this point. They have their own teams. So where do we want to go? And we look at the budget and then how are we going to get there and problem solving and everyone's got the creative ideas and it, and that day you're right. Like just having that, that time outside of the office to just talk about stuff and, and sort of mentally, mentally um decompress is the wrong word but it feels like sometimes you're so your muscles are so tightened when you're working all the time that you can't think because you're just working out too much in the gym and you can't plan out the good workout because you're too busy lifting weights to think about it right and these off sites allow people to sort of relax a little bit they're not lifting weights the work is sort of put on pause to some extent and they can talk about things. And that's where you get those incredible ideas or these new offers where you're like, I never would have thought of that. That's great. Or here's a new way to take care of our members. I never would have thought about that. That's great. Or, or just something that you weren't aware of that, is a, that bubbles up because people have time to talk about it and they have that space to talk about it. So I think that that is, that is absolutely necessary. The trick we haven't figured out is how do I do that with uh, the rest of the world? right? When you got team members all over the world, because it is, we've looked at pricing it and it's, and it's, and there are things where it's like, okay, can we fly somebody in from the Philippines? Like we did that. We tried numerous times to get people from the Philippines into a conference here for training, could not do it. They couldn't get a visa. Like we were denying them on the yeah. Philippines end when they would go to kind it was like, okay. And I'm paying money to do this every time. And it's like a gamble. Okay. Well, you get approved and they're not. And I feel like I have to go call my Congressman to get somebody just so I can get training. Right. But at the end of the day, it's, it's hard. It's just, logistically hard to get everybody. So like, okay, we're looking at, do we all go to Mexico once a year? Cause that's the one country that everybody can get into. Like maybe that's what we do. Um, and we, and we've looked at that because I, I think that there is an unlock that we still have not realized as a team because we don't have everybody face to face. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. Like the second you can get your people face to face, if you can, you should. Um, at least on a quarterly basis, I would say, um, because, I, you know, that just sort of is a good cadence and you can plan out the, you know, we always sort of like review the last quarter and then we sort of preview what the next year is looking like. Um, and then we focus on the next quarter ahead. Okay. What are we doing? And and let's nail down everything. Plus any cool ideas people have for the future quarters. We, we, you know, have those who so have momentum um, and that's how we do it. But have you, have you ever gotten everybody together? kind of from around the world or how do you know that's really difficult because i have people similar ones
1: in malaysia ones in south africa europe you know so it's it's all over and i've met everybody in person uh especially during my travel time so everybody i've worked with i've met with in person or or there's actually one person who i haven't but he's more part-time anyway and uh it just didn't work out because we started working during the pandemic and it just couldn't couldn't happen um but uh, yeah, so we we we've I met them all in person one on one and talked to them about goals and, and sold them on the company, which I think is a really important piece of this, and just sold them on the vision as much as I could. Got them to, to be able to ask questions and, and talk to me, um, and so that that's really helpful. I think that helps with loyalty and just just setting where you're going. Um, we tried during the pandemic we were going to have a, a meeting with everybody, and that just and that got canceled because the world shut down. And so we, we, I called it like a remote offsite (laughs) and we tried that and it was basically don't like block off all your messages and we're just on zoom, like doing an offsite, the equivalent of an offsite Mm -hmm. or doing it via zoom. I think that was, that was helpful. We didn't really continue it on though, because the format was so challenging. And so I had just been trying so hard to find out, find what to do and, and how that works. And it is a big downside of remote. Is, having, is getting them together, right? That is a big thing. Um, getting on the t- same time zone is really challenging. And so I've sort of just made the decisions, well, I've just made the decision since then that I really have to be on US hours. And that that's the only time that I'm working. I don't wanna get up and have to do meetings to accommodate to other people. It's like, we're working on US hours and I want to work with people who are in, in either in the US or, or nearby um, as much as possible because I just, I, I want it to, to be efficient. Now, it just happened that when I started working with my director of marketing, he was local. And that's been a huge thing as well, to be able to be local, to meet in person. And that's that's been great. And then just having this other role, more operations side, having them be able to come and meet in person has been huge. Um, things that happen in those in-person meetings are, are something you just can't, I have not found a way to recreate. Like you can't point a Zoom camera at a whiteboard and have it make any sense. You can't. You can't just like look at somebody and point at them and say, hey, what do you think? You can't just sit there and pause because everything's sort of regimented. You can't just pause and be like, let's just let this sit for a second and see if we come back to it with something, yeah. right? It's just, there's just something that happens when you're reliant, when you're tech less that makes it possible that introducing the technology into, it, it's rough. So yeah, I've had yeah. The, same, the same problems, challenges with, with the truly remote team. I think distributed, like you said, you can pull distributed to better, together better. And I think that's that's definitely our, our, our distinction, right? And then it also seems like we've arrived at the same concept of remote slash contractors, they sort of stay remote contractors. And then the distributed slash in-person local area is where we're looking at our employees. Now it's not, right. I didn't see that with everybody, right? Like I've talked to people, especially on the agency side where like they have an office in somewhere in, in Europe, And they have a team or they have an office in the Philippines and they all meet up in the office and then they have their local team. That's, you know, their, their U S team that does the sales and functions like that. So it's not like that's the only way to go, but that's the type of burden or overhead that I don't really think that, that I really need right now. We just don't have enough of that type of work that I'd want to do that. It's different for an agency or a different type of business. Have you, have you ever been tempted to, to, do you have an office with your business or how do you, how are you set up?
0: No, not. We're all, we're all working from home too. Cause we just don't need it. So, I mean, I've thought about it. I've looked at it. There's part of me, it's like, we should buy a building and then we have the investment part of it, yeah. but it's like, it's then I'm like, then I'd have to drive to an office and I don't, I just don't need it. It doesn't offer us anything that we can't otherwise get, um, some other way. Like we just use a WeWork for the quarterly stuff. I literally have a WeWork membership just so I can do the quarterly meetings. and Like that's it. Um, cause I can't possibly work there during the day. It's too disruptive. Yeah. Um, who, who needs whiskey Wednesday at three in the afternoon? People mm-hmm. should be working. Um, but the, uh, but I digress. Um, but the, the whole, that whole idea of like, um, we've tried, we've tried to figure out ways to have that equivalent, right. Cause you can get, I think they call them, um, employer payroll organizations or something, right. Where it's like, you can get somebody to essentially hire the team member and then you pay them and, you know, payroll. Um, and then they, they are technically your team members that are remote, um, or not part of the, you know, your US organization, they are being paid and they got the benefits and all, all the stuff from them because they're they're technically being hired by a local employer that you then just pay to manage the payroll stuff. Yeah. But it was so unbelievably expensive for pushing paperwork. I couldn't believe it that what they were yeah. charging was more than what we were paying salary in certain parts of, you know, especially in like the Philippines or something like that. It was like, they don't, you know, the paperwork alone costs more than like costs much more than a salary. It doesn't make sense for some of this. So I think there's, there's role for disruption. I, I know there's some other um, players out there that are starting to cut into that market a little bit. And they realize like, Hey, this is, this is, this is just how the world works. Now we need like a global, way of making money, right. Um, where everybody can, can do it in their way and get benefits and everything else. So that's, and that's been a challenge for us for remotes is like, how do we do that? So we try to reimburse them for, you know, certain things here or there, but that's not great either, you know, cause who knows if they're actually using it for those reasons. So versus like, a, I would love to be a lot offer like a 401k. Like, I think that's a huge con on the remote end is I can't do these additional benefits easily other than reimbursements, but, you, but with, uh or something like that. But it's like with the US, you have a 401k. You've got company matching. There's a structure in place that automatically helps you save for retirement. Right. So it's like all these other things that, you know, we have healthcare. We have all this different stuff that, that we do in our organization that I don't get with remote. Then I wish I did. I wish there was a way globally to be able to easily do that. I think there should be. Um, but I get it. Every country's got different laws. So it's it's tougher um, yeah. right now. One of the um as as you were talking about stuff and I was thinking like the The other big benefit of getting people together is not, you're absolutely right in that instant communication, right? Of, hey, what do you think? Everyone look at the whiteboard and they can marinate it because we've tried the same thing. I think Zoom for me is like at best 65% of what a regular face-to-face meeting would be if we did it on Zoom, right? Like we get, we make more progress than not having the meeting for sure. Like we have it, but it is 65% of what it could have been if without that face-to-face and a lot of that is because of the lunch conversations, right? Like meaning, Hey, well, let's order lunch in or whatever. So get something delivered or we all go out and grab a lunch and you not talking about work all the time yeah. and you're hanging out and you're team building and, and people I think underestimate how much that does not happen on a zoom call, right? Because we're not sitting there going, Oh, how are the kids? And cause everyone's like, okay, what are we talking about? I'm on a meeting. We're on the clock. Let's go. I don't want to have a conversation about your kids for 30 minutes, right? Because people are just go, go, go. Yep. Um, and especially if you've got a bunch of people on the call, you don't want just two people out there t- having a conversation in front of everybody, but that can happen kind of naturally to some extent when you're face-to-face, yep. you know, and, and the t- team building is really underestimated. So I think having, having that, that's why I like our quarterlies. Cause we build the team a little stronger every time that we get everybody face-to-face in the room. It's a huge pro, um, when it comes to, to at least having some, some in-person management, even if you don't have an in-person office, you at least have some in-person connection yeah well it's funny this this
1: happened to us so you know kayla was out and out here we did lunch together the three of us we did dinner together my wife came along who who was actually employee number one of the company um and and just we all met and and it was really nice to just chat about anything like you said and then i did a one-on-one with kayla the next day lunch and I learned more about her and she learned more about me on the walk there and during the lunch than we, than we probably would have ever done. Right. And we just start to be, we're on each other's team then because we have a relationship like there's relationships are pretty thin on zoom. And it's funny because like, I think that you and I are pretty similar where we can we've been around enough people that we sort of know who we like and who who is there mm. um who what they're there and, and we can judge character we've had to be able to do that to be in business as long as we have but i think it's on the employee side i've realized that it's so important that you endear yourself to them and they and they you, be, you build a relationship that way so it's actually the in-person is less about you and me because We already have the vision, we've already said it. It's about making it stick with the person who's receiving exactly right. it in a way yeah. that it seems like it's their idea and that they make ideas better. Because one of the biggest yeah. challenges I've had in the business and is that, you know, for a long time it was 100% me decisions, and I felt that was I knew they were flawed, but I didn't really get a lot of pushback because of the format of having contractors, of being on Zoom, people didn't know if they should speak up or not. And then afterwards we launched something, and they'd be like, Oh, I knew that wasn't gonna work that well. And I was like, Well, why didn't you tell me? Like I said, does anybody want to talk? And nobody said anything. And they're like, Well, I didn't know if I should at that time or not. I was like, really? Like when I say, Do you have anything to talk about? You should talk about it. That's the whole point. I'm not just doing it to you know lip service. But then you you do this in person and and then you meet each other. Now they're empowered to make every idea twenty percent better. Thirty percent better, and when everything gets to be thirty percent better, the company is better. It's it's the team effort that's in there. Like, funny thing is, like, I haven't named a product in a while. Um, it's all come from other people. I, a lot of the stuff that we're doing has been the input of the rest of the team because now they feel empowered to it. And part of it's from the the permanence that we talked about with mm-hmm. being, uh, you know, the permanence of being a permanent part of the team in that role. And then the other part of it is the the structure, the ability to feel like like they're heard. And that that really happened. It really only happened strongly once once we started to talk about this idea of your, you know, one sign of permanence is coming to be here in person. Um, and it's worth it. It's like an investment. Like I'm investing money in somebody coming out there and it's a sign that this is like this. Yeah, you are valued, right? Um, even if you talk to somebody every single day on Zoom, being having them on Zoom is not the same as showing them that you value them. Right? like right. your stuff like the 401k is a way of showing value so I think that's that's a big part of it is that how do you show value how do you show somebody that you value them in a way that that is either re, that's remote i I don't know yet i think that i think even this conversation you can do that that like you can show somebody how much you value them on a zoom call but it can't be in that confine of every call has to be productive every call has to have a purpose it has to be right. more not like that. That's, that's sort of the, the key to this whole thing is to, is to make the purpose, not make the purpose relationship as opposed to
0: tasks. Yeah. And I think on our end, we've tried to do that a little bit, especially with the remote, cause it is hard to build a relationship. Um, other than, you know, you, you mentioned the small talk on zoom, like you can get some of that done, but not everybody wants to pay attention to that all the time, but we have like the random channel in Slack right? Mm-hmm. So somebody will put up there and they'll send pictures. And when everyone's on vacation, everyone's like, take pictures, put pictures. And so they all do that. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's, and everybody shares stuff and all of a sudden you start seeing like, Oh, here's what you know, my, my kid just want a spelling bee or whatever the thing is. And they're, and they're sharing it there. And that part's cool. Um, because there is a little bit more of a relationship, albeit it's through remote technology, right? So it's coming through yeah. a Slack channel, but sometimes there's videos or whatever. And you know, if somebody wanted a nice bike ride, they'll throw it in there. And then people will mention that on the next meeting. And that does sort of bond Um, people together, which is, which is nice. That's how we sort of tried to handle that, but you're right. There is no easy way. There is no easy way to do it. Um, I was, I was laughing earlier when you were talking about like the getting team members to speak up because I I've had that, this is how exactly what I tell them. I'm like, I will at least three times a day point to a cliff and be like, all right, everybody let's jump off that cliff. (laughs) Right now there are two reasons I'm doing that. One is I was moving too fast and didn't realize it was a cliff and I need you to tell me two is I forgot to tell you that you're all wearing parachutes and it's okay. Right. But either way you need to be like, "Uh, Hey, uh, that seems like a cliff. Is it? Right. And then maybe I can explain, well, actually there's a bridge. It's a couple steps down. You can't see. And I can explain myself. But a lot of times it's, Oh yeah, no, sorry. That's not what I meant. I meant to go over this way instead. Thanks for asking. So I'm trying to train them to constantly like, I'm not going to be right all the time right? Because that's a, that's what entrepreneurship isn't that it's mostly yeah. failure. And we're just really good at failing without it sticking on us. So we, that's what entrepreneurs do. We, we slog through that 1% of success and we're super happy with that, you know, that you get in entrepreneurship and all the other failure, you don't even remember anymore, right? It's just gone. So it's like, trying to help them with like understanding that to be, to get that speak up culture where it's like, Hey, are you sure? Like, it's okay to question me. I'm, I'm not an Oracle by any means. Right. Um, I'm just willing to fail more often than the other person is, but that doesn't mean I want to fail more often. So if you see that there's a way that the team doesn't have to fail, please bring it up. Right. Yeah. Um, And that's how I talk about It's like, please keep us from jumping off a cliff. Like if everyone knew we're jumping off a cliff, why did we jump off a cliff? (laughs) Somebody else should have been like, Hey, excuse me. I don't feel a parachute. I think we're about to jump. Are you sure? Like, I'm yeah. okay with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I
1: like that. It's funny that this this just came up in the in-person meeting. I was, we were talking about our projections and our forecasting and we're really bad at forecasting. Like, it's like, and, and I was just like, I said, I was like, why are we so bad at forecasting? Like, I just don't understand why we do this for every month. And it's either like way more or, or no, way way less than yes. expectations. Yeah. Like, why are we so bad at forecasting? Like, this shouldn't be this way. And, and I just said it like in passing, and then one of the team members is like, "I'm going to make that my personal mission to make us better at this."
0: What? And Yay!
1: That, that's awesome. Know, and that's something <laughs> that wasn't really that wasn't something that was on the table with a Zoom meeting. Me talking on it, right? It it was right. just is because of that, and so that's the type of stuff that is really cool that you get with that vibe where you're actually talking about it, and you're not using tech. You're not talking about technology or worrying about that. You're just talking about what keeps you up at night. And and I realize that I can be vulnerable to my team and tell them what keeps me up at night because then they they're empowered to fix it because they are that permanent level team, right? So that's pretty it's pretty great when that comes together. Do you have any so that so that's sort of that's wrapping up our remote versus in-person employees and the pros and cons of each. I think we went through a few and and I I thought this is a really good revelation here. And it just shows that it's, it's more of a relationship thing and a commitment thing than it is necessarily the words that we're using here. Um, it is the difference between an employee versus a contractor, fully remote versus distributed versus in an office. There's a lot of things that go along with each, but I think that the big takeaway here is that the frequency of communication is a big piece of this. It's, it's commitment and frequency of communication is the main ways that we're getting the breakthroughs and we're getting the most out of the people
0: on our teams. Do you have any other thoughts to add to that, Mercer? Just that there's there isn't a there isn't a right way to do it. I don't think there's only remote. I don't think there's only in person. I think it's a combination of both and you have to be flexible with how you manage both distinct groups because they have different tech that they manage by and they need expectations that you manage them by. So there's not a one size fits all approach at all. Yeah, I definitely not. And so, okay, this is a great episode.
1: I really enjoyed this one and it helped me get some more clarity on my end. Hopefully you all get some clarity on your end as well, depending on no matter what phase you're at, I think there's something to take away here and it just shows you the value of these relationships that you craft with your team. So it's not even about words or terms, it's about relationships. So this has been another episode of Business Unfiltered. Look forward to seeing you on our next one.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.